What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different from what we've done in the past. This is not about flipping and wholesaling houses, but it is about running your business, about personal and professional development, about who you are, and how you can become better than what you are right now, spiritually, personally, and professionally. So uh, I've gone through a transformation recently. I went to a wellness center for a few days with my wife, Lucy. And we had an unbelievable transformation. I loved every second of it. Well, I loved most of it. You'll probably hear over the next few podcasts, there's some things that were tough for me, but um, the result was amazing. And I wanted to bring on the staff there. They agreed to come on the podcast and talk a little bit about what we did and hopefully help some of you guys. I know 2020 has been a tough year and uh, I know you might be struggling with some anxiety, some depression, different things like that. And so hopefully there's something in here for you, some techniques, some tips, some strategies, that you can use in your personal life, especially closing out this year. I mean, we're coming up on Christmas, we're coming up on the end of the year. And um, I want you guys to step into 2021 the right way. So uh, I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable, talk about my story a little bit in here, some of the different things that we've done, and some things that I'm continuing to do. So I hope you find this helpful. And uh, today's guest is a guy named Bill Wilder. He's the founder and the owner of this Wilder Wellness Center that uh, Lucy and I went to, thanks to Nate Johnson, my COO. So Nate, thanks, buddy. Um, it was amazing, a uh, couple of days that we got to spend with Bill and his team. And, um, I'm also grateful to Bill to come on the podcast and allow me to interview the rest of his team that I got to spend some time with. So, uh, over the next three episodes, we're going to do, uh, the mind, the heart and the body. So hopefully some spiritual awakening for you, um, some different things to challenge you and take some assessment of where you are. So hope you guys enjoy it. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called seven figure flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, I've got a special guest today, and I put together basically a three podcast series. So this is going to be the first of three podcasts that I'm going to do talking more about spirituality. So we're outside of real estate, house flipping and wholesaling, a little different than what we usually put together on the podcast today. But I think it's important. I went through this. I don't know. I've been evolving over these past few years, trying to figure out what my purpose is and where I'm going. And this year has been tough. I think you guys will all agree listening to this, that 2020 has not been the easiest year, right? So um, in business and life, family, circumstances, everything that was happening, um, I got to a place where I needed some help. And um, this is a much longer story, but I want to get to the introduction. Uh, and we'll probably talk about it throughout this um, this interview. But um, my COO, Nate Johnson, who a lot of you guys know, he's been on the podcast a bunch. He was actually just on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, he introduced me to Bill. So he went out to uh, to Bill's Wellness Center and he was talking about it for a while saying, Bill, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. And I was like, no chance you're getting me out there. This sounds really weird. It's not for me. Um, but you know, I got to a place where uh, I needed something. I needed some help. And I could tell that in talking to Bill and his team that um, they had they had what I needed. So Lucy, uh, my wife and, and I went out there for a weekend for three days. And um, I've got the opportunity. I reached out to him and asked him if we could share some of what he does and a little bit about my story here on the podcast. So um, without further ado, I want to welcome Bill Wilder to the podcast. And we're going to do three episodes. I'm going to do an episode with him and his team and all the people that I came across on this journey this weekend there. And we're going to talk about the mind, the heart, and the body. So three different things that we'll talk about to kind of uh, get you into this, um, taking almost like an honest assessment of where you are spiritually, because I had never done that before. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But Bill, welcome to the podcast, man. It's good to Thank have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So um, why don't we start? I, I know like as a, as an engineer, as a military guy, as a very like hard headed, uh, my way or the highway kind of person. Um, I came into this a little bit, uh, initially closed off when Nate told me about it, I was pretty closed off to it. And I think it's probably helpful to tell a little bit about your story and what you guys do there maybe to start. And then maybe we'll back up into, um, kind of uh, what, what I got from it and things like that. Absolutely. I, I've been on, it's, this has been a long time in the making. I, I've been a therapist, a licensed professional counselor for 15 years. And I've always, I've been on a long search for, for change. And I've always wondered why do I keep making the, the same mistakes over and over again? And 
what I, and so I, I've always, I, so I, I would explore, I went to seminary, I have a divinity degree, I did a marriage and family therapy degree, trying to crack the code and relationships. I've done tons of coaching. And I, and, and so I've, I've been searching and asking these questions for a long time, but I kept running into the same issue with all these modalities use the mind as, as the primary way for people to change. And I kept going in circles. I, I would discover all these great insights of, oh, I, I, I'm this way because of this, but nothing was really changing. And so this, this journey kind of culminated um, this past January. I went, I, I started doing cold, cold showers and ice baths about, starting about a year and a half ago. And uh, this served as a way to, to unlock something within me that has really changed my life. And it, it's something that, that that's inside of all of us. And it's, it's something that because we're so busy and we're, we're, we're doing so much, we, we've lost touch with our, our ancestral DNA. And when, when I was up st studying with a guy named Wim Hof, the Iceman, who, you know, who probably lots of you have heard of now, he, he said something up there that, that totally shifted the way I think of mental health. And I, I know personally, I've struggled with anxiety. I've struggled with you know, being locked in my head. And he said, when you find the courage within, when you find that powerful mofo, that, that, that primitive instinct within you, the messengers of fear will fly away. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because so often when we deal with anxiety, we, we try to manipulate it. We, we try to talk it down. But instead, it was like find that find that primitive instinct, find that that part of you that that's that all that all our ancestors used to help us get through through hard times, and then you'll you'll root better. And I started to study, like just look at people from from third world countries and people who lived in in places with, with a lot more external stress. I mean, like real survival stress. And why is it that in those countries, the the suicide, depression, and anxiety rate is so much lower? And it's because people have to have this primitive intelligence to be able to survive. And that, and that kind of cracked this code. I was like, wow, we need to bring this back. I, we need to bring this into the forefront so that people can begin to look inside themselves for the answers instead of always looking externally or looking to a professional or looking to your history and trying to talk it out. And so I, I started taking people in the cold and then people started changing. I was like, I was like I've got to I've got to do this. I can't not do it. I didn't know how I do it. I just knew I had to begin to have cold, cold water and breathing and just a completely different approach to mental health care. And thus the center was born. Okay. So when, when I heard about this, when Nate was telling me about what he went through and uh, came back and uh, I was like, okay, this is, uh, this is like sorcery. This is not um, anything that I'm interested in. This is like, you're talking about like meditating and, and yoga and breathing and cold water. What are you talking about, man? Like I, I need, like, I need the solutions, like give me the answer, like not this, all of these things. So I, I, it wasn't my world, right? I wasn't, um, I, I wasn't, I'm pretty closed off. I kind of like have my structure, my way. And a lot of the things that you just said, where I think that like people have this DNA inside of them, they're created this. So they act this way because of this. I, I need to fix the problem. You know, it's all about, um, like, just give me the answer. I want the solution. Right. And I'm going to, uh, just keep going. And so for me, I was at, I was at a crossroad in, in not only my relationship, but also kind of like my path in life. I just turned 40 this year. This year has been tough. We have three little kids. James has a heart condition, all kinds of stuff blowing up. Right. And I just got to the point where I said, all right, I'm willing to I'm willing to try some, like try this, you know, it's, it sounded crazy at the time for me. It just wasn't my thing, but Lucy loved this stuff. She loves the spirituality. She loves the, uh, meditation, yoga, those kind of things. Like that was her world. So I said, okay, I'm like, if you'll come with me, I'll go, we'll work on our relationship. I'll work on myself. And what I did, what I had to do is kind of just open up my mind and, and be f free to listen and be open to whatever was, was going on. I had no idea what those three days were going to be, be like for us. And, um, and it was interesting, like going through that process and leaving there. Um, I felt like I, like I knew 
what I needed to do, like the direction that I needed to go and some changes that I needed to make. And like, ultimately I actually moved my entire home office out of my house and we made a meditation room in my house. So I don't know if you know that, but we came home and we immediately started like buying stuff on the way home. We went to a place here in Nashville, got a bunch of things, got some plants, like all that stuff. So we could have this space together. And, um, since then, I've been taking a cold shower every morning. I've done ice baths in my uh, bathroom. Uh, it's just, it's changed a lot of, of, I do a lot of the breathing techniques that we learn there and things like that to get back to that. So um, I say all that because I think there's a lot of people that might be listening that are like, this is, it's just isn't my thing, right? And I think the interesting part for me was when I opened myself up to the things that weren't like my thing wasn't really working. <laughs> so when that happens, I was like, we talked about a lot over the three days. I was just kind of muscling through it. I kind of muscle through life. I muscle through what I do and I just push and push and push until eventually I'm going to break. And fortunately we got to the, that point a little bit before I broke, I feel like. And there's probably some people out there listening that are kind of at a crossroads, not sure. Um, so what is some advice you would give to some of those folks? Like what are some of the things that you do that you think will, will help them? Like how, what is it that, uh, that they need to start focusing on if they're kind of at a, at a tough place right now? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, and to be honest, the, the first time I even had the, the thought in my mind of, of having cold water in a therapy office or a, a self-help office, it was just kind of like, it made no sense to me either. Uh, but the, the cold, it, one of my favorite quotes from Wim Hof is that the cold is a, is a, it's a righteous teacher, but, but it's merciless. And I remember, Bill, when 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 you were first getting in the cold, because the, the the cold doesn't lie. The the cold will be a mirror of your psyche, and you you can't outsmart it. Because to get in cold water, it forces you out of the head, and it forces you back to the breath. And I, I remember the first time you got in, Bill, you were just like, "I'm going to do this." You like if if Bill's like, "I got to stand in for ten minutes," you I'll be I'll be there twelve minutes. You were like, "I will, I will win this," and I was like, "Dude." The, the goal is not to win. The goal is to let go. And the goal is to, is, is to release. And, and, uh, and, and so, you know, the cold is the quickest way I know to, to pull out that, 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 that powerful, courageous part of us that all of our ancestors had to be able to persevere and push through and, and to, to lower anxiety and, and, and to survive. And so it's just, it could be, you could do cold, you could do lifting, you could do Ironmans, it doesn't matter what the mechanism, but the cold is the safest, quickest way to help you get a, a taste of it, a, a reset with it. But I'll tell you, when you go in there, you you can't battle it. You you have to let go. And the, the cool thing is, I remember, you know, we were talking about focusing on the third eye right here. And when you do, when you, when you go through here and, and you just focus, you focus on your breath, something happens within and you kind of find a power, like almost like a, like a resource within. And then when you're able to relax, something shifts. And I'm curious with you, Bill, when, when you were finally able just to let go and just be at one with the discomfort, what, what happens inside, what happened inside of you? Well, you know, we, we were envisioning like some, like, what is that thing that you're holding? Like, what are you scared of? Like you would ask me before I went into that cold water and to give everybody some perspective, this is a hot tub full of water that he dumped like some ice, giant ice cubes in there, like a huge, like, uh, a Tupperware full of water that was frozen and ice and was like, okay, that that's your fear right there. So go in there and, and battle it basically. And I don't know what the temperature is. What is it? 50 to 45 degrees. It was, it was 50 degrees, 50. Okay. So 50 yep. degrees. And that might not sound that bad, but the first time you get in there is, is no joke. Right. So I got in and he, and, and Bill, you're right. The first time I felt like I was just like tensed up, right? Like I was just like, I'm going to sit in here as long as you tell me how long I tell me when I can get out. Cause that's what <laughs> I'll be there. And I'll probably that's add it. an extra five seconds in. So I talked about muscling through life and that's exactly what I was doing in the beginning. And I did feel like you were talking me through that. Like, Hey dude, you just need to loosen up, let go. And, and at that time you, you just said something got out of your head. I don't feel like there's ever been a time in my life that I can remember the last like five, seven years since I've been running this business and employees and staff and, and doing all the things I've been doing that I've turned off my brain. Like I'm not thinking about tomorrow or the future or the next idea or the next deal 
or all those things. Even when I'm playing with my kids or I'm, I'm even on this podcast thinking about what I have next or what's tomorrow. And this was the first time, like for me, the true feeling was like of letting go was like, this is all I'm thinking about right now. It's just being here. I'm in the present. I don't need to worry about the past, like all of the other problems, the things that we're working through, the struggles. I don't have to worry about the future. I just need to worry about right now. And I'm here in this moment, like warming up my body and focusing on that. And that was the really cool part of it. And that's why, frankly, that's why I've done it uh, since then is to really just kind of reset me, just bring me back to the moment, bring me back to the present. Like you said, bring me back to the breathing techniques that I learned, uh, warming myself up, thinking about the blood flowing through my body, how my lungs are working, all of that stuff. And it was very liberating. Like it was, it was pretty freeing to, to not have to carry around all that baggage um, for so uh, any longer, basically, I can just like drop my pack for a little bit. And, um, and then shortly after that, it gets really cold again, and you go through that cycle again. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and actually, you, you bring up a really good point of dropping baggage. I, I, I kind of, I kind of made a discovery, because in the beginning, I, I would have people who were more senior kind of ice bathers come in here, and that they, they would be able to typically sit in cold and, and it wouldn't even bother them. But when they would go in with the intention of shedding or letting go of, of, of a toxic belief, of a hurt, of a trauma, and then almost like asking the cold to pull it out through osmosis, like pull out that stuff, you begin to shake and you begin to release and you begin to like let go of stuff. And I, I've seen people who've done years of trauma therapy where they have trauma locked in their body come out of there and we can't fully explain all the reasons why yet why but they're just different it's like something shifts it's something miraculous and so yeah it, it's it's truly like it's like a baptism almost like a like a new sacrament that people can do to do that and then after they do the cold then 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 you go to the hot tub and you kind of do a shavasana where you just literally allow what you've done to soak into you to kind of integrate into you and then we and then we we do our ther our talking in the hot tub which is kind of fun <laughs> you know bring bring the board over start to sketch like what's going on and those things and then you know also we, we also do the the thing where i have you hold the ice in the hot tub and you feel you feel the old life all the old illusions and just really trying to get people back to the basics like we're really just doing what our ancestors have always done, which is to stay more in the present. That, that's what animals do. And we, we really try to bring back what, what, what animals do in nature, which is to be able to look at things, stare them down, breathe, and just be in the moment. Because so much happiness is found in the moment and not in the past or the future. And a lot of times we, our mind just runs to the past or the future and we get, we get into suffering cycles. And so, yeah. you know, for me, one of the things that I was surprised about was that, um, that like ancestral DNA that we talked about the, I think it was the Explorer, right? So you have, yep. uh, you have four different types that uh -huh. you talk about inside of us. And that Explorer, when I first saw it, we did, we, Bill does an assessment with you, um, when you kind of reach out to him and at surface level, I thought that I had that, like that, I don't have a problem there, but ultimately that was kind of my problem was, um, I feel like in the end, I just was giving and giving and giving and almost like self-sacrificing and not thinking about what I needed and getting those, those, um, that, that attention that I needed from that explorer side, which is more of, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like going out and like doing more of the animalistic things that we do. Right. And so for me, that cold water was really impactful for me because it got me back to that, that place. I feel like, like it got me to that. Um, I need to take care of myself. I need to figure out how to warm myself up. I need to not worry about other people's feelings or what's going on uh, around me. And I could just be in the moment. And that was it's always been hard for me. I've kind of want to take care of everybody else. I want to be the last one to, um, to get, get food in line. I want to make sure that everybody's taken care of before I take care of myself. And usually, um, they're not. So I'm constantly fixing and, and providing and doing all that stuff and not taking care of myself. So, that was the challenge that I have. And I still have it. Like I feel it almost every day that I'm yep. like, how are you? Are you guys okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And, and not planning to, um, to fulfill like my, my like regular human needs that I have of like friends and support and family and all of that stuff. And, and, um, it's, it's speaking up and actually saying that, Hey, I need this or I need something or I need help. 
Like I'm never, somebody's going to ask for help. Right. So, um, it was interesting to, to go through all that and see it. And then, and then realize like when we were there that actually my perception of reality was not true. So what I thought I had taken care of and were being fulfilled were not and vice versa. So it was, it was very interesting to go through that. I think without those three days there, I would have thought like, if it's like what I talk about when I'm coaching people for house flipping and wholesaling, it's like, if you knew what the problem was and you knew what you needed to do, you would have already done it. Like yes. you don't know. That's why you need a coach. That's why you need a mentor. That's why you need somebody to kind of hold up the mirror. And that's what that, those three days were with you guys was kind of holding up that mirror to me and saying, wow, what I thought was happening is really not happening. And this is actually yeah. what I need to do. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's a good point. You know, the, what you're talking about is there's, there's kind of four, four different parts of us. And the, the basic theory of the Wilder method is, and this is, this is me taking, this is like the cliff notes version of, of all the years of psychotherapy and, and healing work I've done put into a very simple formula. Here it is. There are four parts of us. And so I have, I have a view that, that there is no such thing as mental illness. Typically. I mean, there, there is mental illness, I guess, technically people need, Sometimes need medications and people's minds go haywire. But at, at the root of it, it's really about mental hunger. There are these four parts of us that, that are all rooted within time and they, they, they all live within us. And so our job is to make sure all four are fed. Most people have two that are maybe overfed and two that are underfed. So we have to find, we have to be responsible and find those parts of us that, that, are, that are neglected and hungry and feed them. So that's what we do essentially is we, we help you do that. And the, 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 the foundational part, that, that's the foundation of, of, of our humanity that 99% that of our ancestors were fully tapped into and that people in third world countries are fully tapped into today is the, is the explorer. This is the part of us that is in touch with our instincts, breathing, it's fight, flight, freeze. It's, it, it's in touch with our, our sense of self-expression, our sense of self-respect. This is the part of us that we need to tap into, to be able to fully show up relationally. I remember the first day I was talking to you guys, I was like, this, this retreat's not about your marriage. <laughs> I was like, I don't really care about your marriage. I care about you both being free, you both being alive, you both being connected, you both being honest and respectful to each other and, and, to, and to one to, to yourself. Then we can talk about the marriage. And I, th I thought that, so that, that's why the foundation is getting that explore fed is so important. So we got the explore. Next, we have the soldier, and I believe, if I remember correctly, this this is a part of you that, that that's very well fed. It's responsible, you know, law and order, morality, get the job done, sacrifice self for future gain, die for country, you know, all those kinds of things. You're, you're willing to do that. So we, we can do a big check on the soldier. The next is the leader. This is the part of you that, that's the king of your jungle, the, the lion. You are clearly a leader in your work. You're clearly a leader. You, you, you're able to... to to hold things together. So a good check on that. And then the third, fourth one was the giver. That's the heart. That's the, that's the part of you that that's in, connected to love that really wants to give the, the kind of golden retriever inside of you. And so our job is to make sure all four of these human, basic human needs and parts are, are included in, in the family. So the explorer, the soldier, the leader, and the giver. And so I believe we're, were your two that, that we focus in on were that, was that the explorer and the giver? Were those the two, the two top draft picks? I think it was the explorer and the leader because I feel like, you know, for me, I was. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, you, it's funny because I, I bet like in, in your work, like, in, I mean, clearly you're very successful in your work. You're probably fully in touch with your lion and your, and your explorer and, and your, and your job. But then when, when you got back to the interpersonal realm, which is very typical because you, you could take this test and, and in, in one part of your life, you're, you're full out African animal. You're like a full out honey badger, um, lion, you're, you're fully in touch with your instincts, but then you go home and you become more, more domesticated. So it's like, uh, and so for you, you finding that, that, that ability to express yourself, to say, I want this, I need this. I long for this. I remember that wasn't really easy for you, was it? No, that was probably the hardest part. Cause I said, you know, and, and the, the wake up call that I had kind of the aha was, you know, you're that leader at work, right? You're that, you're the person who's everybody's looking to, you're making decisions, you're running the companies, you're doing all the things that you need to do. And a lot of people are probably listening, just shaking their head. Yeah. Like I'm this rock star at work, right? And I know exactly how I need to operate there, whether it's like my military background, flying, being the aircraft commander, going into combat, doing all the stuff that we did or, or 
you know, flipping houses and talking to contractors and raising money and doing all stuff that we do. And then you go home expecting that same thing, those same tools and strategies and, and techniques and stuff that you use at work to work at home. And they don't. And you feel like just deflated and crushed. And you're like, wait, what happened? Like, I'm showing up the same way that I was showing up at work and everybody loved me. And now here I'm at home and you tell me, like, don't run the house like you run your business. Like, I'm not your employee. I, I was like, wait a second. It works at work. Why doesn't it work at home? I can run the, I can run the house on an on a L10 meeting and EOS and have to-do lists and checklists and, 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 and issues and all this stuff. And it just doesn't work that way. So what I realized was I have to show up, you know, differently for my family and at home than I do at work. And I can still fulfill that, that leader role in all of those things at home. I just need to, to approach it in a different way and different concept. And, and actually, I don't know that. So those were the two for me, like at work, like I went there, I went there for everybody's listening. I, we went there together. Me and my wife went there together for marriage, right? And I took away a lot of things for my, my company, my entrepreneurship, all of those things. But I showed up, like if I took that assessment for work, it would have showed up differently than if I took it for home. And for me, I think that explorer and the leader were the ones, like you said, like I needed to speak up. Like this is what I need. This is what I want. These are some of the things um, to express what I needed instead of just self-sacrificing, like my giver and soldier were taking over so much that they were just crushing the, the other two uh, because I was sacrificing. Yeah. And, and that, that is a, that is a really important thing for us to balance of expressing self and sacrificing stuff. And it's very easy to, to get out of, out of balance with that. And, and it's ironic that sometimes the expressing self is the thing that we need to actually show up and be more present relationally. And, uh, and I, I think I remember you, you going through that time where you, where you were, you, you were at war within your own mind. Cause I could tell there was, a, there was, you have been for so long have, have been in the, the self-sacrificial mode of, of being the loyal soldier and the giver and thinking that if you can give enough, you'll get enough. And then we were like, no, actually let's focus on you just just express self just for the sake of your own desires. You don't give, you don't care what other people think. You don't care about, and then that, I remember you, you wrestled, but, but then you finally just let go. And what was it like for you when you just, you just started emoting, you started being, you, you got out of the, you got out of the, I'm going to be a good husband mode and out of the morality mode. You just started just being raw and honest and vulnerable. What was that like for you when you did that? Well, first of all, it's hard to do, right? Because you're so you're afraid that the other person that's sitting right across from you, who you love, who you want to to be with you and you want to be with them, and you are now just like saying all the stuff that you've been holding in for a while of what you want and what you need and all this stuff and you're just afraid of the like at least for me, right? As the giver, I'm like, what is this other person going to think about all this? Like is this okay? Is because I didn't want to sound like a a you know what hole, right? Like I didn't want to sound like a horrible person because that's just the, the guy I am, this people pleaser, right? And so I just, when I unloaded, it, it felt like a weight, like just lifted off my shoulders, off my back, right? And, um, and surprisingly enough, you know, at, at the end of that, Lucy looked at me and was basically like, wow, I, I had no idea about that. Thank you for like, it's like she wanted me more for expressing myself and sharing that than she did before I did that. So it was Every time that I went against my, um, what I thought I should do, like what I thought was the right thing, I did that. I did what I, the opposite of what I normally would do. It actually turned out better for me, which was really surprising to me. Like she, she looked at me like she wanted me more. She was more in love with me, those kind of things. And the, all the things that I was afraid of, like most afraid of actually turned out the opposite. So that was, that was one that I remember. I was like, look, I, I want to see my family more. I want to travel. I want to go, uh, I want to go fishing. I want to go scuba diving. I want to do all of the things I want to go on a guy's trip to go snowboarding. Like I want to do all the things that, that I used to do that fill me up and fuel me up. And, um, and I haven't been doing them in the past, you know, few years, you know, five, 10 years, you know, since we've had kids got married because I was, I didn't want to leave her alone with the kids. I wanted to take care of them. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be helpful. I was afraid of what would happen if I left, you know, all these things. Like, I don't want to let people down. So uh, in sharing all that, it was a huge game changer for me to understand that, look, I got to take care of myself too. 
Because if I don't, I, I've said it for so long, you put your oxygen mask on first, right? You're no, no good to anybody else if you're not taken care of. But I don't think I ever really believed it or practiced it. And th this, is, this is a perfect illustration of the importance of getting in touch with, with a primitive man. You would not have been able to have that breakthrough where you were, where you were honest, you were vulnerable, you were just being fully committed to you and, and showing up fully in the present moment. If, if you had not found that, that part of you with the courage to let go, the courage to be neutral and courage, I believe, I believe this is all my heart. Courage is, is the chief virtue. Without courage, you cannot have sustainable love, joy, and peace. You cannot have sustainable connection because courage is the is is what turns the crank where you actually move from falsehood to truth. And this is based on the empirical wor work of Dr. David Hawkins, a psychiatrist who studied the amount of life, energy, and emotions. And you you essentially went from living in a state of craving and fear. Which, which on Hawkins scale resonates fairly low to, to moving to courage, to be neutral, to say, you know what? I have to be honest. I have to let the truth set me free. And when you did that, you then opened up a whole new dimension of connectivity. And it happened without, without trying to be a good husband. It happened because you were, you were coming from your gut, from your heart, and you took a risk. And without taking risks, this, this is the same true in business. Without taking risks, you, you cannot be you cannot get wealthy. But why is it in, in the realm of relationships, in the realm of emotions, we would play it safe? We don't have we don't take we don't have courage to actually take that leap of faith and actually be honest and be truthful. Yeah, it was it's a big like eye opener and aha for me. And you know, how would you say like in order to get there, like, what are some ways that people can, can get to that place? Like, I think, I don't, I don't know that obviously I don't think without help, like we've been going to, uh, you know, just like a counselor to talk back and forth for years. Like what is, what's the difference in like, that was on like day, day two, day one and a half, something like that. Like what's the difference there? Like how can somebody get there that fast or try to break through that barrier? Do you think? Yeah. The, do you mean the, the, the courage barrier? Yeah. Like being able yeah. to being able to like freely speak that. And, and there, there's a couple of things that I personally attribute it to. I feel like we were in a place where like, had I done that at home and just been like, I'm going to explode. Like, I don't think it would have been, it would have gone over too well. Um, I feel like we're both in a place where we were both open to listen, to speak, to, uh, to respond to each other, to accept that. And then we also had this like third party person there with us who has helped guide us through this, this path. So like, obviously going to, going to your wellness center was probably the only way that we could have gotten some of these breakthroughs. But like in that, I, I guess what I'm getting at is what are some ways that we can get in touch with some of that stuff? And maybe it's not that we're going to share that with our spouse right then, but some ways that we can actually see this, feel this, um, things like that, because I have never been in a place like that, like a mindset like that. I think it was a combination of a lot of different things that we did together. So is there some ways that some people can start getting yeah. into this primitive way? You know, I think that the first thing is, is just really working on, on, on being aware, Take, t taking a long walk with yourself and really talking in third person, um, just really just, just, just listening and talking and then thinking in these categories of, okay, I, ha I have four parts of me. And th this is what I, this is what I would do is I would, especially when I was creating this whole, this whole scheme, I would take these long walks and I had my phone and I would just start talking. I'd be like, all right, Bill, and, um, embody the giver. And I would just start talking about how I was giving, giving, embody this. And I would just begin to embody these. And you can, you can do that with a, with a traditional therapist. That's, that's where, you know, working with a traditional therapist would be very helpful because that's what therapists are trained to do to help you categorize that where traditional therapy kind of fails or is, is, is insufficient to really take you to that next level is it doesn't have a physical mechanism to actually allow you to, to, to taste the, to experience this, this, this primitive part of the psyche. And, but if, for example, you can't come here, a cold shower, I mean, it's wintertime now, you can, you can go into cold water and something I encourage people to do who can't, who, who can't, can't come to this center is to, to go into it 
And to walk in with the intention of, I'm going to focus and to, of course, do, do the breathing before and to go in there with the intention of, I'm going to, I'm going to allow the water to pull out of me this anger, this frustration, and to learn how to get to the present. It's very enlightening when you're able to go in cold water and then realize that it's, it's, it's not that bad. It, it gives you this, this confidence of, wow, I'm stronger than I, than I thought I was. And so that's cold water, breathing, um, journaling, going to therapy, talking to a friend. Um, all those things are, are great things to do, you know, just to, just to kind of begin to get the, get the, but yeah, I think that, you know, listening to certain types of music, dancing, um, lifting, th those sorts of things, getting whatever it takes to get you back to, to your instinctual self. We, we all have different ways of doing that. L you know, you know, growling, acting like an animal, you know, so, you know, one of my, one of my favorite actors is a guy named Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm not sure if you've heard of him before, but I love watching him act, especially in movies like Gangs of New York or There Will Be Blood. I, got, I keep going back to his roles because he has an ability to tap into this primitive nature unlike any other. He's a very meek man. He's very very kind and calm, but, when, but he's able to, to, to channel it. So finding things like that, just whatever it takes, be creative. Find things that, that kind of they kind of get you in, into your into your loins, into your gut, where you're, you're you're breathing deeper. You know, watching animal documentaries. One of my favorite documentaries out right now is uh, it's called My My Octopus Teacher, and it's this this journey of this man. Um, it's on Netflix, and he he goes under and he he befriends an octopus, and he gets in touch with nature, like looking at nature, um, watching watching how animals are. Those are those are things I do um, to really remind me that that. Everything I need is within me. I, I just need to turn on that that ancestral DNA, and then literally my anxiety goes down because now I realize I'll be okay. And I remember, I remember when I was in Poland, I had this big big epiphany breakthrough in Poland when I was there. I remember I was just I was I was walking up a mountain in my shorts, and we were jumping in cold water. And I remember just asking myself, Bill, what do you want? And I remember my, my mind was like, Bill, don't do that. It's too scary. And then I was like, well, what do you feel will happen if you fail? Because, I mean, I just started this center right during COVID. Uh, what if I fail? And I was like, and I had this moment of, well, even if I fail, will I, will I die? No. I can survive. I can eat chicken. I can, I, can, I can find a place to live. And then a lot of these fears kind of just went away, and I kind of rearranged my, my, my relationship with fear. And so there, there are ways to do this naturally. And uh, – and it's really about just just kind of learning to 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 look fear, look at fear in a different way. You know, you said something just now, and I, I thought uh, it's been like the last year I've thought about that stuff. Like all the all the big decisions that I made, or when I'm scared to do something, at least in business, I would say like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And yeah. I go go to that, and then say, well, what's the likelihood of that happening? And then, well, how bad is that? Like, you know, and how bad is that? And just keep going down that road. And ultimately what I usually find is like, even if I did fail, like catastrophically fail, it's not something that I can't recover from or that is that bad, you know? And that, that was, that was me like thinking through it and then just like living through it for those three days with you was totally different way of looking at fear for me it was like getting in the cold water and just like staying in that moment. Like seriously, nothing has ever turned off my brain like that. Uh, like the meditation that we did, the yoga that we did, some of the different things that we were doing was allowed me to stop thinking. And that if there's, there's a lot of people that are listening to this that know me and know me pretty well. Um, this is probably the first time in years that I've been able to shut that off, be present. And like today, I've, it, it was, it was a pretty rough weekend with our kids. Um, you know, coming back, we were on vacation. We came back this weekend. The kids just crushed us today on my way home. I had another long day at work today. I'm grabbing a bag of ice at, uh, on my way home and I'm going to throw it in the, uh, in the bathtub in our master bathroom. And I'm doing one tonight when I get home from Will's, um, Cub Scout meeting, I'm just going to get in there. Cause I'll tell you 10 minutes in there and I feel totally alive. I've been doing cold showers in the morning. It's been, and right now in Tennessee, it's like 20 to 5, 30 degrees in the morning. Those cold showers are cold this morning. I, I thought when I got, when I was in Orlando doing cold showers, I was like, oh, I got this now. This isn't that cold anymore. I got back here and I was like, this is freezing. So yeah. it's, but it, it does. It, all those things, it gets me back to breathing, 
present. Like I can only focus on that thing that I'm doing. I'm not thinking about the 50 different ideas. Um, I'm able to really focus on that and I get out and I feel better. Like you said, growling, I have to do that to get warm in that bathtub. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it, it takes me back to that place, even just for 10 minutes. And all the things that what's interesting about it is all the things that I w- was stressed out about from the day, like melt away somehow. And it's, Again, little things. The other thing that I noticed in leaving there and being there was that the little things were important. Like I started to notice the small things, like really little things in my life and in our relationship. So like um, uh, just, what was it? Uh, oh, just the other day, one example was Lucy. Lucy's a very um, like introverted person. She, she gets charged up by kind of being alone. She likes to be alone. She likes to go, she could go to a movie or a restaurant and eat by herself. And I can't, it's not, I'm not interested in doing that. And so there's times where she needs to go be by herself and be away from me. And we were together for a whole week down in Disney and Universal and all that stuff. So yesterday she was kind of like during nap time with the kids, she's kind of like in the room by herself doing her thing. And I was like, okay, she probably just needs to be alone, but she didn't tell me. And so for me in the past, it has caused some like anxiety with us and problems with us where I was like, well, did I do something? And then she was in the room and she just needed to be recharged. And then I would break out my computer or do some other work. And then she would get upset because I was working or doing something else. Right. Cause we wouldn't communicate. So yesterday she came up to me after that, like after we put the kids to bed and she said, Hey, um, early, th- like, thanks for earlier. I just kind of needed some alone time. It wasn't anything that you did. And just like that little thing, mm. that little sentence mm. that she gave me was something that yeah. number one, she wouldn't have said before, but number two, even if she said it, I probably wouldn't have noticed it. You know, it's just like the little things, the little things of like putting your, putting your her arm around me or give me a hug in the morning or just something that it would be so insignificant before that I'm starting to notice now in day-to-day life, just notice that the little things are actually big things. And so I think when you get, when you're married for eight years or 20 years or 30 years, you get to the point where all that stuff is expected. And what I've enjoyed through that process was, was understanding that those little things mean something to her and like she's doing them for a reason and me trying to realize what that is. And then, and then, and even if I don't say anything like, Hey, I really appreciate that. Like appreciating it inside, like knowing that that was a big thing for her to, to say that to me when she's never said it before, you know, and that's, that's a change that she's making and that I notice it. That's the thing that has been eluding me for years. Like it would have to be something major that she did for me to notice it. And now I'm able to notice the small things. And the reason I bring that up is because it came from some of the stuff that we did. You talked about going for a walk and talking to yourself. We went for like a 10 minute walk on our own separately. And I was starting to notice like the wind and the way that the grass was moving a little bit or the trees or something beautiful, like in, in the sky or a bird, like, it, and it sounds kind of corny, but the, like these little things that you notice that you forget about just driving to work or day to day when you're thinking about the future and the past and just not being present in the moment, you, we don't have that anymore. And, and it's incredibly valuable, I think, to have that, use it. And so for those of you that are listening to this, that are out there, they're like, man, like life is passing me by, it's going fast. I'm struggling in a couple different areas. I don't know what it is. Like my encouragement to you is to do some of these things or like reach out and get some help or go to the center, you know, do some of this stuff, like majorly invaluable to, to me. And so when I, I look at this list, like anytime Bill mentions something now, like this Netflix show, I'm going to go watch it. I have asked him for a couple books. He's given me some phenomenal books um, that I've read multiple times already because it, it's just like... This kind of stuff is not, they're not areas of my life that I have been working on in the past. Like I've been working on my finances. I've been working on my personal development, my professional development, these kind of things. But I haven't been working on my, like my, almost like my soul, my essence, my spirituality, all this stuff. It just hasn't been a focus of mine at all. And because of that, I think that I've missed like a core fundamental of who I need to be. And to go back and and work on that is is has been, you know, interesting and a lot of fun for me because I love to learn. I love to, I love to, uh, grow. And I think this is a a piece of, of me that, that I didn't even know existed before and probably wouldn't have had I not listened to Nate and gone out there and and spent some time with you guys. 
You know, it, you, that's that is a that's a beautiful story um, of of Lucy being able to speak that, and and for you to also be able to speak that. And I think that, you know, it's very that that is, that is not an easy thing to learn to do. That is a very hard thing to do. And I think that a lot of times, this is this is from my personal experience. I've I've been a therapist for fifteen years. I've been in therapy for close to fifteen years. I've worked with some of the best therapists in the world. And there's a big difference between knowing what to do and actually being able to do it. And so I'm not sure if you've ever struggled with this, Bill, where you'll you'll know the right answer, like, hey, I should speak my mind. I should listen. But then you don't know how to do it. And the fact that that you were able to naturally kind of do that and she was able to naturally do that speaks heavily to you being in touch with that primitive instinct. It's only when you're in that animal that you're able to be natural. It's only when you're in that, that part of the psyche. Because I'll tell you, if you're in your head, you wouldn't be present and you would, you would probably miss it or you would, you would analyze or you would focus on something else. But the fact that you're grounding. And so what I would say to you is like, and th this, is, this is what the, the real change happens after you leave the center, you raise it to a higher velocity of energy but then you just keep practicing what, what you taught. You keep building that, that snowball effect of coming back to the present moment, of, of going, getting ice, of returning and realizing that, that, that it's okay. And then by you doing that, it actually frees Lucy up to be honest with you. That's the key. If, if you were not able to, to be present, she would probably, probably go, go into the old pattern. So that's, that is a, that is awesome. That, that, that's awesome news. And that is not easy to do. And that's because you guys have done the hard work. You've, you've earned the right to have connection because you're courageous and spoke, you, you're speaking your truth. And, yeah, and, I think and, we also, we also, you know, spent that time there. And then we, we really kind of said, okay, this is, this is the way uh, that we need to go to, to, to move forward, basically. Like we need to actually we need to actually commit to this stuff. We need to, we need to do this. We, we, we both enjoyed it uh, a lot and we felt like that connection was there. So it, 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 obviously the success that we had for those three days allowed us to continue to do those kind of things going forward. So I mean, she got, she got in the ice bath right after me. So it's, uh, yeah, she, she was like, Hey, I was stayed in there for six minutes. She was like timing herself, really excited about it. And I mean, this is somebody who would own, and that was 45 degree water, by the way. And she wouldn't even put her feet in the 50 degree water when we got there. Right. So, right. yeah, pretty amazing stuff. And I think it's, it's just, it's really cool to see, um, you know, what's, what's possible when we, um, I don't know, when we get out of our, what we think we should be doing. And so this is a total, obviously 180 from, from what I'm used to. And, and really a 180 from what we do on the show a lot. So, uh, hopefully you guys that are watching this, listening to it, <clears throat> Um, there's some valuable takeaways. Maybe you hear something in here that, um, for you is just a little bit off or you're not sure, or you're struggling with some anxiety or some depression or some of those things that ha are happening right now. I mean, so many people like the suicide rate is way up, uh, depression, anxiety is at an all time high in this country. Uh, especially 2020 has been a total disaster for most people. Like, um, I guess the question is like, don't, don't, don't blame it on all those things. Don't uh, don't point the finger. Don't say, well, it's just the year. Like, go do something about it. That's my challenge to all you guys. Like, there's a lot of tips that Bill gave. There's things that you can do just from this. Like, go do something about it. Go um, figure out what you guys need. Um, talk to Bill. Like, frankly, like, I'm so glad that I did. It was, uh, it was incredible. Like, um, get an assessment from him. See see where you're at. See if it's something that that is the right fit for you guys. Um, I'm going to bring some of his staff members on the podcast here in the next couple of days. Um, we've got three episodes planned and, and the reason why I'm doing this is it's the end of the year. It's, uh, we're coming out of this year, 2020 and like take some stock in where you're at and, and what you need and where you're going to go. Because, um, I, I want you to step into 2021 with a plan. Um, not just because look, I'm a poster child for successful business. Um, but a flat tire in the the friend world, the uh, family world, some of those things. Like I have, uh, I love my kids, love my wife. And, but for like a year plus, I've been trying to get that. I've been trying to get that percentage up. Like the, the money is there, the, the, um, the business is there, those kind of things. But I spent a lot of my time 
in business, like uh, in my work, all of those things, and not not uh, and saying like I'm working on my family, I'm working on my family, but I really didn't feel like I could ever unplug. Like I was constantly at work all the time, and it was it was I didn't realize how much damage it was doing uh, to Lucy and the family. So um, there it is. Like that's full vulnerability for you, full openness. Um, I'll talk again this year. I'll do my end of year, just like I did last year. What worked, what doesn't work, what I'm going to work on, my word for the year, all that stuff is coming up. But this is one that that I think that uh, coming out of that center, I knew that I need, I wanted to share this with you guys because it's something that we don't talk about a lot, um, especially most men don't want to talk about how they're struggling in, the, in some relationships and, and family and stuff like that. And um, I've always been somebody who's going to be open and honest with I don't know, pretty much anybody that comes <laughs> comes in my way. I have no problem sharing my struggles uh, as well as my wins. And I feel, feel like if we're open and, and honest about all the things that are happening, then hopefully we can help somebody. So if one person hears this and says, wow, I need to check it out, it's going to um, gonna help me. Um, so I, I sent Nate a message when I got back, Bill, and I just said, hey, man, thanks so much for, for connecting me. I never would have gone without your push. Um, thanks for staying on me and thanks for, um, you know, showing me this opportunity. So, uh, you guys, uh, did an incredible, uh, incredible three days with us. It's, it was insanely valuable. Um, I would, I, I, we plan on doing it again, uh, it, yeah. it, when we need it. So, um, you know, it, it, it makes me think of something we talked about. Remember that day where we kind of counted the, we kind of did a, an estimation of how many days you guys have left on earth. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. You know, I think like one thing that I think is just totally unacceptable is, is to get to the end of your life and it's too late. Because at the end of your life, you you want to you want to be able to look yourself in the eye and go, you know what? I, I was I was I was true to my purpose. I, I love those who are important to me. I was generative and I had integrity. And a lot of times we we get so stuck just focusing on the daily tasks that we, we forget our future self, that one day we're going to have to get to the end. And I think, how, how many days did, did we say you had left? Was it like 4,000 or something like that? Or, I, I think mean, it was like, like, like 20,000, like 20,000. I, I, like 20,000 days and it can't broke down to like, you know, we did weeks and it was just like, you know, this is just an average of if you live a normal lifespan and then to kind of break it down. And I think that, when you when you begin to, to get that, that future vision and it kind of awakens you, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to miss out. And because at the end, I think my my definition of hell would be to get to the end of your life and for for God or the universe to show you the life you could have had, the people you could have loved, the stuff you could have done, but it's too late. You missed the window. You missed the window. And I think I love that that you're that, that you're having this this podcast because I think that it's so easy to forget to, to, to not put our future self into the pie, the pie chart of our, our time and energy and, uh, and balancing purpose and love is, is tr a tricky game. I mean, there's only so much food to go around. And, uh, I mean, like, what would you say to, to, to your listeners about like the importance of, of doing that, that kind of end of life assessment so that you can live more fully in the present? Cause I wonder if some of the reason why, you are more present. It's because you tapped into that ancestral intelligence and you're, you're more aware of your mortality at a conscious level. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's important to take a look at that um, for sure. And, and by the way, if anybody's doing the math, it was 20,000 days for Lucy, not for me. So I'm six years older than her. So I'm probably more <laughs> like, I don't know, 16, 17,000 um, by the math that we did. But I'll say we, um, I, I think it's really important to do that because not, not just that, like I, I, you recommended a book to me. And as I was reading it, there was a, there's a line in there that talks about like, um, if you died right now, like right this second, like, what were you thinking about? What were you enjoying? What were you like, what was your mindset when that happened? Like, were you, were you saying like in two days, I'm going to make things better with so-and-so, or are you enjoying like the, the, um, the beauty of the sunset and every single moment and the breath that you're taking right before you died. Like, you know, or are you saying like, I will, I should, I could, um, you know, the, the guy recommends 
like taking an hour a day and doing all the things that you say you will do one day when dot, 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 when you have enough money, when you have enough time, when you don't have kids, all these things. And is all of this stuff is challenging me on a daily basis now to say like tomorrow, if tomorrow doesn't come, am I happy with who I am right now and what I have right now? And mm -hmm. that's like, when you can get into that kind of mindset, you, you can stop from the monotonous tasks from the robotic uh, work that we do from the person that you are and really step into somebody who, yes, I'm going to get those tasks done and I'm going to do the important things. And I do have my purpose and my cause and my passion and all this stuff, but I also need to enjoy the things around me, the beauty around me, the people around me, the time that I'm spending with family. Like I'll give one quick example. I have been so busy the past few years. I am the worst person around Christmas. Like, I don't think about gifts. I wait till the last minute. I don't plan for everyone else. Like, I don't order. I don't, like, I said, I left your center, came back here and said, you know what? Like, I, I say that I'm this family man, but I'm not spending. And, I, and when, we, when I was saying the things that I was worried about, I was worried about not spending as much time with my family, not giving to them and, and doing all stuff. But I would work almost all the way up till Christmas. And then I'd be like, oh crap, I got to run and get some gifts. I didn't get anything for my parents. I'm going to send them a card. I'm going to do like, so I became very intentional about it. I said, I'm going to make a list. I'm going to write down all the things. I'm going to get all the stuff for all the family, people like extended family, my aunts, my uncles, my, my cousins that are here in Nashville, like the people that are around me, the friends, all the stuff. I'm going to go out and I'm going to be intentional about this holiday season. And I'm going to slow down over the next month. And I'm going to spend more time pouring in and loving on the people that I care about. And so I took a step back and I, I've done all this. I ordered a bunch of stuff. It's all coming to the house and I'm going to take time to wrap it. And I'm going to do, and I'm going to deliver it. And I'm going to find all the time to do that. And I'm not going to be the guy who's too busy to send a gift this year because I'm not too busy. I wasn't too busy last year. I just mm. made it a priority to work mm. and not give gifts to my family and show them and tell them how much I love them. So like all of this stuff is just, so the days, the, the, the live like you were dying, the, all of these kind of things is just changes the way that you show up. And I'll tell you, it, it'll change the way that you show up all the way through everything that you do. Not just, not just my relationship, but the way that I show up at our meetings, the way that I listen to people now, instead of talking over them, I get their opinions. I want to know like the way that I, I understand that my staff is working too hard and, and I don't want them to become who, who I became, you know, a couple years later, um, I want them to be healthy. I want their, their relationships to thrive. I want to be able to share what I've learned with them. I want to do all that stuff. So it's been an interesting couple months. I don't know, like a month, we were there like a month ago or less. Yeah. And, um, it's been, it's just been amazing. I, so I'll, I'll challenge everybody to take stock in, in where you're at. And I will tell you wherever you are, there's a step above that. <laughs> to, there's there a there's is. a next level to, to every, Bill, where where everyone is. And Bill, it's I, I love I love hearing your story. It's, it's so inspiring. Um, and I, I I think of a quote from uh, Dr. Victor Frankel, the guy who who discovered uh, existentialism, and he's he he survived four Nazi prison camps with this with this theory. If you have a strong enough why, you can endure any how. What I'm hearing in, in, in the way you've been looking at life is you've, you're, you're asking different questions. You have a different focus. You're focused on the outcome you want and why, and you're not focused on how. You're not in the tyranny of the how in your, in your life. And so because of that, you're, you're at a, a higher level of, of emotional integrity. You're, you're vibing at a different levels. So you're not, you're not being held down by fear. You're not being held down by craving by anxiety and by, by those things. And when, because you, because you're asking better questions now, you're, you're in, you're in, in that higher category. And now you, there's actually magically more space because you're, you're not bogged down by, by these fears. And, uh, and I, and I would, what I would also say to all of your, uh, all of your listeners who are in the business is, is that actually getting out of these lower realm emotions is, is, is what will help you to manifest and attract better deals. Because each, each of these, I think of life a lot like a high-rise building. And so each floor represents like a, like, like a, like a level of, of consciousness. So each floor is a self-contained reality. If you're on the anxiety floor of this building, you're in chronic anxiety and fear, you're going to attract similar types of situations. 
But if, if, you, if you have the courage to let go and you move into, into higher realms of acceptance and willingness to take responsibility and you move up to higher levels, those floors at higher levels are completely different. And so what, what I hear from your story is, is you've literally found a wormhole to, to a higher floor of reality. And now everything looks different. Everything looks different. You're not the same person. You're still the same person, but you're, your perception has, has been altered. It's like you stepped into a different floor of, uh, of being. Is that, is that how you feel? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I, yeah, I just look at things a little different and, and I'd say more open. Like I was very yeah. close-minded as very, like, like I said in the beginning, a military guy, 18 years in the military, dad's in the military. I, I even, uh, it's funny. I, I didn't tell you this bill, but I called my dad and I spoke to him for a couple hours, just talking about when I was little, trying to understand my need to win, my, uh, my uh, always needing to be number one, uh, what, where some of this may have come from, like my uh, competitive nature and, and all this stuff. And, you know, in talking to him, because I also, I want to show up better for, for, my, for our kids, right? For my six-year-old, my four-year-old, my two-year-old, like I want to figure out how I make sure that they become the person that they should be and guide them through this life uh, as best as I can, you know? And I think my, my parents did an amazing job. Like I'm incredibly happy, but I wanted to understand, like, I, and I remember asking my dad because I said, dad, you know, uh, I never remember you telling me that you loved me when I was a kid or hugging me or kissing me or any of that stuff. Like it just wasn't prevalent in our house at all ever. And he said, you're right. Like it wasn't, uh, it's just like, that's just not what we did. Like you'd never be on the soccer field and see like, dads hugging their kids and telling them they they're, they love them. They're doing a great job. It's just in the eighties, that just wasn't the thing, you know? And he's like, I, my parents never told me that they love me. They, I just got yelled at all the time when I was a kid. And so it was interesting to hear that and to see how I show up for my kids. And he's just, it was mostly, you know, culture changing and, and adapting and evolving. And I said, I think I was like 30 the first time, like I gave you a hug and told you that I loved you. And I was like initiating it. He's like, you were, He's like, I still struggle with that. So we had this open conversation about, about uh, like me growing up and, and him and, and some of his struggles and stuff like that uh, coming out of this. So there's so much that can come from all of this. It's really amazing to see. And then my mom sent me this long email. He told her and she sent me this long email about how I, ever since I was two, I needed to win. I wouldn't let her put away my clothes because she was doing it wrong, I said. So I was putting away my own clothes in the place. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to have those um conversations with with my family and try to understand uh what's happening and 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 why we are who we are and then there's things that you can do to, to make changes to that so um mm. i know i know we're going long bill so what i want to do is uh, we could talk all day about this stuff i absolutely love it um i could man I, yeah i could talk to you all day so what <laughs> um if people want to learn more or have an assessment with you is that free like what do they have to do free yeah absolutely it's it's a complimentary assessment and so just you can either either go to, either go to a Wilder Wellness Center uh, Facebook and send me a message, or you can go to the website and you can you can put your email address or phone number into the into the link, and then I will reach out to you. And it's a it's a free hour long complimentary assessment. And what we'll do is we'll help you look at which of these four archetypes within you are not being fed, and then just discuss if there's any programs here that that could be of use to you. Um, and you, you work with not just, so we talked about couples. I went there with my wife, but do you also like an individual entrepreneur can go there uh, just themselves and work on themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we work with individuals, families, uh, couples. Um, yeah, absolutely. So all, all people are welcome. We, we, we focus on people who are in, in, in midlife transitions, who are in a, in a place where there, there's some kind of wrestling with a life balance of purpose and love. And you're just kind of at a place where you're just kind of feeling you're successful, but there's just this longing for more and you can't quite explain it. And you've tried traditional approaches and you really want a spiritual awakening. You really want to get to a new level fast. And so that that's what we do. We are offer these retreat like settings where you come in and you will come out a different person. Yeah, obviously, I recommend it for anybody out there, especially these high level driven entrepreneurs that can't shut their mind off. Um, anybody, you know, a relationship work was incredible for us. Um, at a transition in time where we really needed to uh, to come back together. So uh, I recommend it. We'll put the link in the show notes for everybody. If you want to go down there, wherever you're watching this from or listening to it, it should be there. 
uh, Wilder Wellness Center. And uh, Bill, thanks for coming on, man. I, I had a good time. And we'll be uh, I'll be talking with uh, Amanda, Molly Jane over the next couple episodes. So we talked about the heart and we talked about the body and some of the things that we worked on. Um, and I'll say there, there are two more episodes that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, the one with Molly Jane, I'll definitely be talking about uh, me doing yoga and how I felt like I was going to die the whole time. So that should be a fun conversation <laughs> about how many like pulled muscles I thought I had and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, Bill, thanks for coming on. Yeah, Thank I appreciate it. Me, I know that I know that everybody listening is going to get a ton out of this. And um, yeah. I, I'd say, if anything, you know, go work on some breathing techniques, get into meditation, um, get in some cold water, take some cold showers. I remember. Um, we had a guy in our mastermind group that showed up one, uh, to one of the meetings in Nashville and said, I take cold shower every day. It's like my, uh, this was like, it's like three and a half years ago. And mm-hmm. I was like, no way. Like I don't drink coffee. My hot shower wakes me up every morning. Uh, there's no possible way that I can do that. But I'll tell you for the past, like, I don't know, ever since we left, maybe like two weeks, two, two and a half weeks, something like that. I've been taking a cold shower every morning and a cold shower will wake you up more than a hot shower. I'll tell you that right now. So, um, I recommend trying it. Uh, it gets me back to my breathing techniques, all that stuff. Uh, gets the vascular system moving, blood flowing, all that stuff in the morning. And um, I'm excited to see my uh, my equivalent age go down over the years of me uh, taking cold showers in the morning because I'm feeling 40 these days. So, um, <laughs> all right, Bill, thanks so much for being there, uh, being here with us. I had a good time talking with you. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next podcast. Bye. Yeah, take care. What if you could raise $500,000 of private capital in the next 30 days to fund your real estate deals? How would that change your business? How would that change your life? I've put together a 30-day challenge that will walk you through how to get access to all the private funding you'll ever need at incredibly low interest rates on your terms when you need it. It's called the 500K Challenge. This is the same system I've used to raise over $15 million the past few years. And you're not just going to learn how to raise it. You're going to actually start finding this money yourself within the next 30 days as you go through the challenge. This is the single most important skill any real estate investor needs to have, whether you're flipping houses, buying multifamily properties, wholesaling, or anything else. Jump in and start raising private money now at 500kchallenge.com. I'll see you guys on the inside.